Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Voices of Recovery audio recording. I'm very delighted to have with me today Michelle Vallone, who is an NYU grad and a licensed clinical social worker with a private practice in Montclair and Upper Montclair, New Jersey. And Michelle brings to us a lot of experience working with individuals who are suffering, um, particularly with anxiety and panic disorders. She has a coaching practice where she also works with children, families, couples in terms of um, resolving conflict. And Michelle also works with older adults. She has a lot of experience also with grief and loss. But more specifically, I am super psyched to have Michelle with us because she is a certified success coach and an EFT practitioner, um, also known as tapping. And this is something that I'm really excited to bring to my listeners um, because tapping um, is where Michelle helps people work with self-esteem issues and releasing personal blocks and especially um, coping with PTSD and many other things. So without any further ado, welcome, Michelle. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for having me. So happy that you are here. So let me just start out with just the obvious. I have always been super curious about EFT. What is it? Um, EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, it's, uh, it's an acupressure meridian therapy, uh, which uses the action of tapping on designated acupressure points, while at the same time using personal scripts that help an individual uh, undo learned false beliefs and underlying assumptions. Uh, that have been in their life and has created energetic energetic blocks to their personal well-being and success. And um, what takes place when a person is tapping on these meridians is a um, a rapid shift in their thinking, which in turn helps them to feel relieved from the unwanted negative emotions they're experiencing. And once these false beliefs and negative emotions are released, um, they then have the opportunity to engage in more adaptive behaviors and make healthy uh, choices in whatever area of life of their life that they're trying to change, be it a relationship, career, healthy eating behaviors. And that's essentially what EFT is and does. Wow. Okay, now I have a million questions. So sure. I'm going to try and say them one at a time because I'm ex- so excited about this. This I, do we call it a methodology? Do we call it a therapy? What's the right language about? Um, I, I refer to it as a practice. As a practice. Okay. So, right. uh, so just give me a few basics in terms of what's a meridian? What do we tap with? Um, what's okay. a script? Okay. Um, well, first, uh, the meridians uh, that we use in tapping, there are m- many meridians throughout our body, but the mid- uh, meridians that we specifically use in tapping are on the side of your hand, which we refer to as the karate chop point, uh, the point of the eyebrow at the beginning of, of the eyebrow on the uh, inside of your nose area. That's the second point. The third point is the bone on the side of the eye. Uh, the following point is is the uh, bone beneath your eye that kind of runs in line with your pupil. 
The next point is underneath your nose, like in that, that little cleft area. The uh, next point after that would be the middle of your chin, just below your, your lower lip. Um, the following point would then be on your collarbone. The following point would then be about uh, five inches under your armpits. That's your underarm point. And then the top of your head. So those are... Um, the meridian points, and generally we use one or two of our fingers, our pointer finger and our middle finger, to to tap on those particular points. And the scripts that you mentioned, they're created by when when you engage with a client and you're talking about what the issue or what their problem is. In my head, I'm creating a script that I'm going to you then the be therapist. using. Pardon. I'm sorry, you as the therapist are creating a script. Exactly. They're telling uh-huh. me, they're dialoguing with me, and they're telling me what their problem or their issue is. So I'm creating that initial script that I'll be using to go through the tapping points with them. What generally begins to happen is we may start on a particular issue that more often than not leads to other deeper issues and that is what happens when we begin to tap and go through through the different points is that more deeper more deeply seated uh, issues and emotions come up as a result of of the tapping and you're continually getting at these emotions distilling the emotions um, reducing the energetic hold that these emotions have. And that's where the release comes from, um, from getting to those core issues, dealing with them, and then having those energetic holds released for the individual. So when you... You're listening, and are you also... And when you're um, taking someone through a tapping session, and they start to tap... Um, I'm just interested in the mechanics first, but also mm-hmm. the underlying premise. So they're starting at one of those meridian points, and they stay on that point as they're talking or as you're talking? It, it begins with a setup statement uh, as we're doing the karate chop, and it's, uh-huh. you know, even, even though I feel uh, completely out of control and have such anxiety around this issue, I completely love and accept myself. We'll start with a few rounds of the setup statement on the karate chop, and then we move, I'll, I will move them, I'm directing them through this, to each point with a different statement. So you're, sa- can- so you're saying the statement to them as they're tapping a certain point. Right, and they're repeating along with me. And again, just to reiterate, that script is created based on what they've told me. I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking their words, their description of, of what is going on for them, and I'm directing that script based on that information. And again, first you meet with them and hear what's going on. I'm sorry I keep jumping in. I have all these questions about how to support So first you you would meet with somebody and you would hear what it is they're coming in with. And sometimes what someone's coming in with may not be the whole picture, but it's certainly part of the picture. There may be a deeper issue. It's the beginning. It's the beginning. Um, You know, for me, the most important part of the work that I do is the, um, the intense listening that's done initially with the client because that's that's 
how I learn what's really going on is really listening to what they're saying. And as I mentioned, what they come in with very often is not at the core of what's truly going on. And just to give you an example, um, I was working with a young woman recently who came in because she had this intense fear of driving on the Garden State Parkway or getting on a highway. She felt such anxiety, such panic, because she felt completely out of control. Well, by the end of our first session, we got down to some very deep issues whereby she was able to access feelings around um, sexual abuse that had happened to her very early in life. So that's a classic example of where a client began or the issue that they came in with was completely different than um, the depth of the issue that we were able to access through the rounds of tapping. Wow. So how much time do you spend on each meridian? Do you move through each one at a routine interval? Do you say, okay, let's move on from your hand to your brow to your... They're pretty much, you know, timed the same way. However, I would would say depending on on the individual and what we're doing, uh, you know, I might spend a little more time on the karate chop with the setup statements, uh, and I might spend some more time at the end when we're tapping on the top of the head. But usually the in-between meridians, I'm, I'm moving, I wouldn't say at a quick pace, you know, I'm saying a statement as I'm tapping on it, so maybe you're on it, you know, it's seconds. It's not like you're on it for a very long time. Wow. Okay, so if I'm getting the order of things correctly, first someone comes in, and if I were coming in to you, I would tell you what was going on with me that I knew about or that I was able or willing to talk about in that moment, and you would be deeply listening for to both what I was saying and to some possible underlying things, and mm-hmm. then you would help walk me through how to begin tapping And as we were tapping, you would be speaking, and I would also be speaking the script that right. You'd be repeating what I the the setup statements that I uh, that I was making, and then the continuing statements that I'm making as I'm tapping with you. You're saying them along with me, Uh, or repeating after, after me. And after that is finished, then I'm wondering how and when the deeper stuff can come up. Like at what point does someone say to you, wow, you know, wow, we were tapping and we were talking about my anxiety about merging onto the parkway or whatever it might be. I had a memory. I had a thought. My, I had a thought of, you know, having this having had happened to me. Is that what is it comes up during the tapping or afterwards? Um. Usually before I begin with someone, um, I'll ask them where where they are with regard to their emotions. I'll ask them to rate it on a 1 to 10, where's the intensity of their emotions. And then as we're doing the tapping rounds, after a few rounds, I'll stop and I'll check in with them and ask them where they are with regard to the intensity of the emotion. If they started off at an 8, well, where are you now? And then I'll also ask them, as we were tapping, uh, did anything resonate for you? Did anything in particular come up? Did something feel? Was anything moved? And very often someone will respond by, yeah, when you said when you said that thing about my father not being available, 
and I'm that's just an example. Right. I felt, and then they'll tell me about, say, the intensity or a reaction that they had or some kind of response and thought. And I might take that immediately and say, okay, let's go to your eyebrow. And then I, I will take that, that response that they had and I'll start working with that. And then generally you, you go through a couple more rounds with that, again, distilling, using, you know, information that you learn through your initial conversation with them. Uh, and it just keeps moving. It's like a seamless movement. And more and more stuff just continues to keep coming up and rising out of um, the continuing rounds of tapping. And that's through that, I call it a, a distilling process. You get down to uh, something more pure, something um, clearer about what the it is that's really driving their their anxiety, their panic, their behaviors, you know, their whatever discomfort uh, around emotions that they're having. Well, so it's really, um, it's a dual process in that it's uncovering things that are deeper that may have been blocked and or have been represented by other things. But it's also um, helping to regulate and diffuse the intensity of the emotion, the pain mm-hmm. of the emotion. So it's having a, a, a dual um, effect at the same time. Am I getting it correctly? Absolutely, absolutely. It is moving the energetic blocks. It's allowing the intensity of those emotions to come through. And then with the continuing of the tapping, you are regulating and decreasing the intensity of those emotions that they become more manageable for the individual. Well, because I'm already picturing so many um, different uses for tapping. Mm-hmm. Once someone mm-hmm. learns how to tap and has some sessions on tapping, can one tap on one's own? Absolutely. That's, that's one of the benefits of tapping is that it can be, it can be done on and by anyone, whether it's children, young adults, adults, seniors, and it can be done pretty much anywhere on your own. It's portable. So uh, once the person learns the practice of tapping uh, and, and they're having anxiety or stress or distress over an emotion, an event, and they're, they can't access the therapist, uh, they could do they could do this on their own. In fact, we encourage uh, that's part of doing the work with individuals is that we're teaching them how to use this tool and how it can be useful for them uh, and help them to grow and manage their emotions and uh, deal with whatever their issues are in the absence of of being in the sessions. Wow, so it's just portable. I mean, I. I... I want to jump into particularly using it with eating disorders and with painful mm-hmm. emotions, but I, before I even do that, I have a question on one's own script. So let's say that I um, had a few sessions with you and you helped me to learn how to tap and to use it. And then um, let's say I was in a situation where I felt very uncomfortable or very anxious or um, very frightened and I wanted to use it. Would I begin the tapping on my own, would I be thinking about the situation? Would I just be tapping? Would I be repeating a mantra to myself, like um, um, 
that we had talked about? Would it be a reassuring mantra? Would it be just thinking about the situation and tapping while thinking about what I'm afraid of? What, what would be my, my thought or my, my intended thought while I'm tapping? Generally, when I work with clients, one of the biggest concerns that comes up for them is how do I create the script and what do I say to myself when yeah. I'm not working with you and I'm yeah. faced with an anxiety, panic, uncomfortable, provoking situation. And I always tell people that it's less about the language that you use and just accessing the feeling that you have. So yeah. if somebody's feeling terribly anxious or panicky because uh, they have to go into a meeting, uh, rather than worry so much about creating the language around the script, I encourage them to identify the feeling and then just go through the points. Even though I'm feeling completely anxious and panicky about this interview, I completely love and accept myself. Even though I'm feeling completely anxious and panicky about this interview, I completely love and accept myself. And I encourage them to go through all the tapping points while just saying that one statement. They don't have to worry about creating a script. They could just use that one statement and continually go through the rounds until they start their, uh, they start feeling, you know, the anxiety or the panic or the discomfort subside in some way. Then also a question that comes up a lot from my clients is, well, I feel foolish like sitting somewhere and going through all the rounds. Or I was on an elevator and I, you know, I don't want to go. And I understand that. So I say, you know, do you have a comfort point? Is there a point that feels comfortable for you? Like I always say, you know, my collarbone is my comfort tapping point. I said, so you could be sitting in a meeting or an interview or in a situation where you might not want to be able or you might not want to or be able to go through like the full physical rounds of the tapping and you can just tap on that point and, and say that as you said mantra to yourself and it can can have um, it can have a very profound effect in reducing the anxiety panic or discomfort just in doing that so there are little modifications that you can make but again I find that a lot of clients get very worried about will I create the correct script and say the right things. And for me, it's more about intention and and getting on those points than it is about having, you know, the exact perfect script to say. So I am already envisioning how life-changing and amazing tapping could be for someone, particularly someone in emotional pain and um, with an eating disorder, of any kind, whether it's a binge eating disorder or difficulty, you know, if one is in a recovery program for, you know, anorexia and restricting to even be able to get past being able to eat. And I want to ask you to expand on it, but my mind is going like, wow, when we are in these situations where the urge to calm ourselves down sometimes leads to impulsive harming behavior Mm -hmm. um, and compulsion to intervene with the tapping to help one focus and get relief. That's that's enormous. So could you just fill in some blanks about how EFT benefits someone with an eating disorder? Sure, sure. Um, By using EFT or, or practice of tapping, a person can get down to the complex nature of the eating disorder and can manage the difficult issues such as, say, curtailing the cravings. You know, you get that craving, and by tapping, 
you can alleviate the anxiety around the craving, which creates the acting out. So by tapping, you can bring, you can bring those emotions down so that you're not engaging um, in the behavior that would follow those, those intense cravings. Um, also, you know, EFT can help by confronting the compulsive and, and impulsive behaviors and working through them with the tapping sequences. Again, so you're not doing the acting out, you're not doing the destructive behaviors. Um, the tapping can also help uh, manage the intensity of the emotions that, again, lead to the purging behaviors. Um, tapping can help a person regulate their feelings around their body dysmorphic images and then help them find clarity to more realistic self-images. Um, EFT can also help with the deprogramming of the rituals often associated with eating disorders. And uh, EFT can help an individual access and get through the, uh, the, the, most importantly, the underlying trauma connected to the eating disorders. Wow. So there's so many multi-layered benefits of tapping. I mean, I guess where I'm landing even first is, you know, a difficult or painful experience, or even if that's not even known exactly, but just the urge, let's take binging, for example, just, you know, the urge to eat, I've got to eat that, I have to have that, or the ED voice, as we call it for eating disorder, you know, just saying, eat, go ahead, have it, you can't not have it, and just, you know, and all of a sudden, before anything is, you know, even slowed down, the binger's hands are in the food and they're just having right. it. And I always talk about that urge. And what you're saying is if we are willing, and I wanted to talk to you about willingness too for a second, is to slide in that crack between the urge and the act of eating that one could start tapping. And exactly. Exactly. And right there in the act of tapping, going through those rounds, they'll reduce that intense uh, anxiety, desire, to, wow. you know, craving to get to the binge. Uh, it's something that I use myself dealing, dealing with uh, um, an eating disorder and, and managing a weight issue. There are times where after a stressful day, uh, I would love to, you know, go through a half gallon of ice cream, uh, but I'll sit and use the tapping to identify, uh, you know, the emotional issue going on and just keep tapping through those rounds and just keep diffusing and distilling the emotion. And by the time you get done with it, it's that desire has, has really just diminished, diminished dramatically. I mean, this is a an enormously powerful tool that you're bringing to us. And I mm -hmm. feel very grateful to have, you know, to be having the knowledge and, and you know, hopefully bringing it to my listeners. Um, and I just want to go to the idea of willingness. And I know that this may not be directly uh, connected to EFT, but I think I ask all of the, um, all of the folks that I interview for the, for the audio library what do you do if you just don't feel like it? Do you have any words of wisdom to how does one get oneself to say, look, I, I'm going to slow myself down. I'm going to tap first. Let me just tap first before I reach for the food. 
let me tap first before I, I work with a lot of people who self-injured with cutting. Let me just be willing to tap first. What Do you have any any thoughts about being willing to do it first, try it first? Well, you know, I, I think with any modality of therapy, there's got to be some level of motivation to want to change. Um, I think the motivation that could come in and something that's very encouraging for clients to know is that EFT often works where other modalities have not been effective. Um, It's simple to use. It's something that uh, an individual can use on themselves. So it's, it's very it's a very proactive practice, and it's very empowering. Um, so those would be the kind of things that if someone were saying, well, I don't know if I really want to do it, and I'm afraid, and I'm reluctant, you know, those might be some of the points that I um, bring up to them. You know, and also, if people have made it to my office they've shown some interest, they've done some research. You know, I always try and commend them on that and bring that to their attention, that as hard as it may have been, as difficult a situation that they may be in, as much pain as they may be in, they've gone as far as doing some research, seeking me out, finding me on on some venue, making the call and getting themselves to the office. So that in and of itself, when you're dealing with great emotional pain, conflict, confusion, it's, I think that's, that's an amazing task, that, that people are able to at least do that um, in spite of everything else that's going on for them. So I really love how you put that, and I think that what you're highlighting is that and I, I often mention this in terms of recovery work, is we just have to do the next right small thing. And if someone has found a therapist or has walked into your office and says, I'm here, that was an amazing next right thing. And it may not have been small, actually. Sometimes to even get to that point is no small thing. And you're uh-huh. saying once you've made that effort, there's at least a part of you that's willing to do another small thing. And if you learn this method, this practice, and you're willing to give it a go, it steps in to help where other modalities may not have. Uh, To me, and I'm thinking you're going to say yes to this, EFT can be used in beautiful concert with every other therapy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, I see clients in, in... varying degrees. I see people and we're using strictly psychotherapy. I see clients, coaching clients, we're using strictly EFT. I have clients where there's a combination of the two. I also work in conjunction with other clinicians who might be, have reached an impasse with their clients in psychotherapeutic work and have reached out to me to do a few tapping sessions just to unblock particular energy so that they can move forward in continuing their psychotherapy. So it's not either or. It really can add to and enhance, you know, another modality of therapy. And for me, EFT and and cognitive behavioral therapy go hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking I wanted to get back to something you said right when we first 
started, which, and now that you're bringing up CBT, I'm thinking this is a good, good way to segue us back, is that one of the things that you said that EFT can do, which is undo false beliefs and um, deal with underlying assumptions. And I love working with those two ideas because I think that we really have all of us in one way or another have very uh, unconscious scripts of our own and very solid beliefs that we think are really protecting us and perhaps they have throughout our lives in some way helped us to survive, but they're not serving us well anymore. And to dislodge some of these beliefs, which we really cling to, and a lot of them have common themes like that worrying will keep us safe or that we can't have, uh, we can't eat according to our constitution, or that we can't stop ourselves, or lots of, I mean, underlying beliefs when it comes to body image and and how we view ourselves. So, so EFT and tapping works with, to me, unhooking, tapping into those, and then unhooking those beliefs which really cause us to continue to repeat things that don't work for us anymore. That's exactly what it does. I mean, I would, in a nutshell, that that's exactly what it does. It addresses those false beliefs, those uh, negative behaviors, and we essentially unlearn things that we've learned, and um, we become clear. That, to me, is a big part of the process through the tapping. You know, clarity occurs, and then once you're clear and can see the situation or the behavior as it truly is. I mean, it, it allows for tremendous movement in in a reduced period of time, um, more so than, say, traditional psychotherapies. People can see uh, change, uh, change in beliefs, change in how they think, change in behaviors, and in a pretty pretty quick period of time, which is so rewarding. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think it's also, it sounds safe to me. I think a lot of times, especially with the young women that I have worked with, there's an idea that, you know, some of our beliefs keep us safe. And tapping to me sounds like a safe way to get in touch with those beliefs and to release them and still feel safe and experience a safety in the transition from old underlying beliefs and assumptions to new ones in a way that's not overstimulating to us and and would send us into, you know, some sort of more anxiety. I guess what I'm saying is it's hard to give up these beliefs, and there are a lot of ways to do it, CBT being one of them, but sometimes they're really dug in, and tapping seems to me to be a way, like you were saying, more rapidly to release them safely and going to a better place that feels authentic. It is it is a very safe practice, and that's one of the things that I assure people of when we begin during the work. Uh, besides the safe space that I create in my office for my clients, just the practice of it's gentle. Um, you e- you easily get someone through the process. It's it's not harsh. It's not intrusive. It it really is. It has a seamless flow to it once you get things going. Um, And I think that's why people respond as well as they do to it and they're able to let go and release what otherwise might be extremely intense emotions that they've been holding on to for a long time and they're amazed that they're able to access them 
as easily as they do, express them, and, and move through them, again, in, in relatively short periods of time. You know, I'm just, the more we're talking about it, and I'm thinking of one of the premises that I work with a lot is being able to feel your feelings. And I think that what you're describing is a way to feel the feelings safely. I have this image of, like, air being let out of a balloon very slowly and gently, you know, in a relieving kind of way, and tolerating negative emotions. You know, I sometimes have this idea of, like, what do we do with ourselves when we're so revved up or so hurt or so overstimulated? And this is the answer, or at least a really good answer, to what do I do with myself? How do I feel these feelings in a safe way and sit with it? I think you used a great word, tolerate. I think and what I've experienced and what I see a lot with clients is they are willing to tolerate go, going through the process, even though it's terribly uncomfortable and it's painful as, as these emotions rise. Um, because of the gentleness of the process uh, and, and just because of the flow of what begins to occur, I do see people allowing um, so much to come up and tolerate and stay with it, stay with it as we continue to go through the tapping rounds. They're able to stay with it in a way that I have never seen before in in my practice or, or using different modalities. So uh, absolute truth to that. Wow. You know, I a colleague of mine likes to always tell me um, this phrase that she likes. She says, it's coming up to go. And I, I have that thought in my head when you're describing tapping that it's coming up to go, like it's coming up to be released in a way mm-hmm. that – and that's why I'm back to the, the F in the EFT, which is freedom, freedom right. from these things. And how It is very freeing. Uh, you know, and it's even interesting to watch people's physical responses, like who they are when they walk in the office and then – who they are at the end of a session or at the end of several sessions. You actually can physically see a release in, you know, their facial expressions and, and their their body posture. Uh, and something I like to do with people after we're done with, with our tapping rounds, I think this is really important, is I do deep breathing exercises with them where we do a release of letting go of, you know, breathing out that energy, taking in clearing energy. Um, and they they look like they have been freed from something. There's almost a lightness that comes over people from letting, you know, letting, letting go of such intense, heavy, dark emotions that they've been carrying for so long. Yeah, I think that, you know, not to get corny for a minute or or maudlin or you know is that you know life is hard sometimes i mean whatever we're going through but just being being on the earth and feeling our feelings and and dealing with what comes up and we just i always feel like we just need all the help we can get there's such a human thread to all of us trying to feel our feelings live our lives find our purpose and tolerate as you picked up on you know tolerate being in the world and it seems to me that this is such a a good focused accessible safe doable tool for all of us to help us be here and it just 
it, it's very hopeful, Michelle. It just gives me so much hope that there's something that can be added to the repertoire of things we do to help us heal and help us move forward and help us be in the world and feel our feelings in a way that doesn't destroy us. That's another word I love, hope. And uh, that's something, that's a word I've heard often in working with clients who have, you know, gone the self-help route and read books and gone to seminars and tried other forms of therapy and have just felt discouraged for one reason or another. Not, you know, and that's not putting down other modalities. It's, It's a personal choice. So for people who have gone through something like that and then they come in and they experience EFT and they say, I feel like I have hope. And it's it's so encouraging. And I do the work that I do simply because EFT changed my life. And I know, you know, I know what I went through to to get to, to my own personal success. So I just feel so strongly bringing this work into my practice. And I just, I just love seeing how it, it really can change people's lives and, and that they go on to do amazing things, things that they've always wanted to do, but for one reason or another, we're, we're not able to move forward. This tool allows them to move forward. And it seems like it's simple and learnable and portable, mm-hmm. and you all know, of those I, things, yeah. all of those things. And I'm sad at the moment because I'm looking at the clock and I'm thinking we have to wind <laughs> up. And I'm thinking I, I'm wondering if before we do and before I let my listeners know how to find you if they would like to. And I, I know that you work over uh, Skype and FaceTime, and you are portable, <laughs> which is really good. I am um, very portable. <laughs> And uh, it's a portable world now, and I think that, that that's good because it just opens up our access even more, um, and it makes us part of a, an accessible community of wellness. And so I want to let everyone know how to find you in a second, and also, of course, there's a link next to this audio on the site. But I don't want to go before asking you if you would just give a, a unfortunate brief thumb sketch. You just said that EFT changed your life, and could you just give me a... Uh, a highlight of that because that was compelling (laughs) sure sure Um, you know I've always been very hard working and dedicated to whatever particular work I might be doing um, throughout my career and I've gone through career changes um, you know all in relation more or less to you know psychotherapeutic work that I was doing but I just never felt like I was attaining the personal success the way I wanted to. It wasn't for lack of hard work or being bright or, uh, you know, being motivated or innovative. It was just I was missing something. And um, I I was actually invited to uh, several years ago to go to a weekend at Karpala with EFT Master Carol Look, who I, who I subsequently began tr- my training with. But that weekend changed my life in the sense that I was able to, in a very short period of time, remove uh, impeding emotional energetic blocks that had been in my way. And it, it was, again, I use the word seamless because I was going through tapping rounds and accessing deep emotions uh, and, and able to express them and let go of of the hold that these emotions had on me in a way that I had never been able to do before just using traditional talk therapies. 
and I, I, I just started seeing movement in my life. I started seeing more success. I was gaining more clients. I was operating differently in relationships. I was letting go of things that were unhealthy and no longer serving me. And I knew that intellectually, but emotionally for you know, for whatever reason, I was invested in holding on to them, you know, and then I, through this work, I was able to examine, you know, the, the, what was useful and what was not, and again, in a time period that I was astounded by. So that's when, when I saw how it changed my life, I said, I want to train in this, and I want to become certified, uh, and I want to bring this work to my own clients. So I dedicated myself to uh, Carol Look's program, and uh, that's how I got to where I am right now. Wow. So it just sounds like, personally, very personally speaking, there were blocks, and this practice unblocked you in a way that was unforeseen by you before. It sounds like testimony to the fact that you've experienced it and you know that's the best way I think to be doing anything is to say mm-hmm. hey, this is something that I believe in my heart right. has has opened up doors for me so right I'm grateful beyond grateful for having found it yeah well there's a lot more that I would want to ask and say and it just sounds to me like there's something uh, very worth investigating um, about EFT, and I'm so grateful to you for being with me today and for sharing your knowledge, your hope, and for giving everyone a very thorough introduction to EFT and to the fact that this is something we can all use to to enhance our life. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right, and just before we go, Michelle can be reached at her web, through her website, which is creatingabundancealways.com, creatingabundancealways.com. And, of course, there's a link on my site. And I know there's other ways to find you, but um, listeners are, I'm sure, very welcome to get in touch with you if they have any questions. And thank you again for being here. Thanks, Melissa. You take care. <laughs> 